Welcome to Thunder Nerds. I'm Brian Hinton. And I'm Frederick Weiss, and you are consuming the Thunder Nerds. And our guest today is designer, musician, friend that calls you from out of the blue, Travis Nielsen. Travis, welcome to the show. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm a big fan. So it's good, it's good to be here. It's it's mutual. I'm a big fan. I've been consuming your content for uh, many moons, and I've picked up a lot here and there. So I'm I'm really excited to have you on the show. I think this is probably your third time on here, and um, pick your brain a little bit and um, really uh, ask you some interesting questions. But uh, before we do that, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, Travis? Sure. Um, Travis Nielsen. I uh, probably, I mean, I connected with Frederick and and that because I am a previous YouTube person, <laughs> I don't know, YouTuber um, and, uh, and podcaster and speaker, kind of like doing, doing the rounds in the design world. Um, that was like in the before times, before the pandemic and before a few other things. And uh, so I'm kind of like yeah, uh, so currently I am employed at Google and YouTube and design for YouTube music. And uh, and I live in Hawaii and I like swimming in the salt water. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's a good introduction. <laughs> no, I think that's pretty good. I want, I want to get back. I need to, to practice. <laughs> I need like, to practice I want, that. I want the salt water. I in a little bit and, and, and mm -hmm. the salt because I'm sure it's different there from everywhere, but uh, especially with the, the beaches. But uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about YouTube and, and YouTube music specifically? What What is that about? What is that like? And how did you get into it? Yeah, um, so I, uh, gosh, I guess it starts a long, long time ago um, when I was, I was doing a few startups, you know, I was working uh, as a designer at some startups. Hi, Vincent. And... Um, Hey, uh, the startup I was at was this um, like big data analytics tech, you know, place. And their job was to understand the layout of video online. And so they um, ingested data from all different video sources, you know, um, and then the biggest, of course, on the market is YouTube. And so I was designing for people who were uploading video and, and like kind of being YouTubers or being video personalities um, on other platforms as well, like, you know, um, but of course YouTube being the biggest and, and so I, I didn't really know what it was like to be them. I didn't have a lot of empathy for what they're going through, but yeah, I was designing tools for them. So eventually I went to VidCon, uh, just as kind of like, let's check this thing out. And, um, it was just like the energy was like palpable, you know, like you could just like bite it, uh, bite the energy in the air. It was so, it was so awesome. And, um, right there on the show floor, I sat down with my phone and registered my YouTube name my youtube account um and i said yeah i'm gonna i'm committing to this i'm gonna start uploading videos so i can understand the, the place better and that's what became dev tips and dev tips over the three years that i ran it became um, one of the larger and more popular um design and development kind of websites uh, i eventually sold it and that's not very common to sell a youtube channel but i had a pretty good exit on it and uh, when I did, it was over 300,000 subscribers and like two or three million views. I forget the numbers now. It's, it was a while ago. So that was like maybe like five years ago. And um, that definitely like raised my profile in the you know design world. Um, 
during that time, I was um, scouted out by Google to join Google and went through that you know process. Actually, like live blogged the interview process of joining Google, and um, had like not like a secret camera in my interviews or anything like that, but like I would like go into an interview and I would come out and talk about it, and I would share like my projects that I was doing and things like that. Eventually, like I had to take them down, <laughs> um, I think, or I did take them down. Uh, not had to, but. Uh, but it was like an interesting thing. And I, and I still would even like, you know, be at Google and people would walk by and they'd be like, oh my gosh, are you Travis? Your videos helped me get this job, you know? And so it was like kind of a good feeling that would come, you know, recursively, like people would, you know, come in and give me kudos for things that I had done years ago. And who doesn't love that? Yeah, right. um, yeah. so eventually I, uh, transitioned over to uh, I was at Google search for years and I, I did I designed for crisis events and that was like such a big you know emotional thing it, it really required a lot you know visiting um, you know the aftermath of, of Hurricane Harvey and Irma and like traveling around and interviewing understanding what people are what what people what needs information needs people have you know like what are you searching for during like times of crisis like escape routes or like provisions or what are the latest updates from the government like these type of things and my job was to design uh, a consumable surface where that information would be like available to people in times of need um we also did like you know i led um uh, information gathering research expeditions to like different uh, regions. Uh, that was one of them. Um, also, after the fires in California, uh, in Paradise, um, went up there, led a team to to do interviews and um, kind of like research for for those needs. And and now Google is like one of the bigger you know um, resources, especially during wildfires, uh, wildfire season teaming up with local governments to help people kind of um, be safe in those times. So that was a big thing, but it was like pretty heavy. And, and uh, eventually I was like, I need something different. So I made my way over to YouTube music where now I design surfaces for people trying to kind of like relax from those heavy things and kind of get into uh, music and, and enjoy themselves in, in other ways. So it's, I like it. It's it's great. The the team uh, at YouTube Music, shout out YouTube uh, Music. You guys are awesome. Uh, everybody I meet is just incredible. Um, it's like it's like well, like at Google and YouTube is like the highest, uh, you know, uh, density of like incredible talent that that like I've ever encountered. It's it's really great to be there, and I, f I feel lucky every day. You know, <laughs> logging in. <laughs> I used to go to work. Now I log into work. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little different, huh? Yeah, what a world. Yeah, that must be so rewarding, especially one of your, uh, at least to, to, from my understanding, one of your big interests is music. So you, as, as you're developing these solutions and experiences, you're also looking at it from the perspective of a creator of music. In some ways, yeah, like my my user on the like music side would be like the the bigger ones, like the Billie Eilishes or like, you know, the 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 big, you know, little little peeps or something. You know, he's not kicking anymore. Uh, I don't know, just like the bigger acts and like the actually the record label in the labels is who I deal with mostly. Um, but in terms of like. Uh, advocating for the independent musician and stuff. I think that I do have an advantageous spot that I can make sure to always kind of like advocate for them, design for them as well. The people who are independent, the people who are like those bedroom producers, wh which I consider myself. Um, 
and kind of create a space for them as well. Even in, even though my my mandate, you know, is to kind of like service like the the music industry, which is kind of like the big you know record label people. Yeah, that's what I like about YouTube Music though is the independence. It pulls in all the uh, like the covers that you are on YouTube and. I love YouTube music, so thank you for the work yeah. you and your team does. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I know who you're talking about who does that. And and the that kind of area um, is called unique, which is kind of fun. It's like a play on words. But it, you're right. YouTube has all this unique music content. Um, and uh, and we, we do leverage that. We lean into it in a lot of ways to kind of like bubble up that as like a as a kind of a unique value proposition amongst our competitors. Right. So it's it's cool and and like that's one thing i'm proud of too is like like a lot of the big acts that you know today and that that are you know again those big like record label type of you know the billy eilish's the beavers the whatever's the grandes a lot of them broke on youtube and um and it's always like nice to like have that space where we can like raise up quality um voices in music speaking of which we have a uh, a musician right here who's going to be on youtube music who's going to play hey. a little later, Vincent. He said that he would play us a ballad what? and try to get on YouTube music. So thank you, Vincent. He'll get <laughs> oh, my God. Before we get to that point, Travis, I wanted to ask you, uh, nice. if somebody has uh, aspirations of working at YouTube uh, music, what, what exactly would they be thinking about? What should they research? Uh, basically, if you could give us like a little insight of some of the tiny granularities of your day to day. Um. Are you saying like how to get a job there or are you saying like what is it like to work there boiled down how is it like to work there yeah mm. uh i don't know that it's much different than than any other design job maybe like the scale of it might be a little different so everything is like ex an experiment you know like you you create a new design and you you work it through the approval process which may or may not be you know actually it's kind of interesting because Google slash YouTube was my, my, my first big company. I, I, I was doing small agencies and startups my whole career before that. So I don't have like a like, like I don't know what it's like at like another big firm or big company, but I would imagine it's kind of similar. You have like, you know, this organization structure that you have to understand. And so I would say like that a big part of my day is kind of like understanding who the other people that I'm working with are and making sure that I'm connecting with like the different, you know, if I'm building a thing that shows up on somebody else's surface, like um, like YouTube main or on the living room app or something like that, I have to kind of like work with those people. So a lot of it is like collaboration. A lot of it is just checking in with other folks and kind of like saying like, hey, this is what we're thinking. Does that align with where you're going? And so like, 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 like time in Figma versus time checking in with folks is like not like it, it's like not one to one. Like you're 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 doing a lot more of like relationship building and collaboration and things like that more than like heads down design. However, there are like really great moments where we all get together and like you know um, I, I've I've had the great fortune of being um, able to organize and run and facilitate sprints uh, at Google and YouTube and just like really grow in that in that way, helping people to get on the same page quickly and and kind of race towards the same objective, kind of leveraging their knowledge um, and skill sets to the benefit of the project, you know, and, and um, yeah, so I would say a lot of it is like um, being comfortable with reaching out to people you don't know and ask them questions and kind of orient yourself very quickly to the problem and the 
and the needs that they have and where you can help. So yeah, it's, it's kind of political in that way, but not in the political, like, um, not in the sense of, Government. I guess, po yeah, politics has like a bad, a bad word, right? Like, oh, it's so political. That's a kind of a negative thing. But I would say it's, it's political in that you're like working together, you know, to, to create, um, to create something bigger than what you can do on your own. And you have to do it with, um, with poise and grace, which is something I'm working on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a question. I, I, yeah, I'm curious about what going back, thinking back, you know, you said you worked at agencies and a lot of small shops for a while. Um, and then suddenly the day that you woke up and you're like, I'm going to work at Google. Everyone always, not always, but a lot of people aspire to work for Google and Facebook and all those large companies. What was it like to have that like sudden, oh, I'm actually doing this and <laughs> this is happening tomorrow morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. I well, I got on the wrong bus. <laughs> oh, did you really? <laughs> yeah. So, like, in I was in Silicon Valley. You know, that's where all these companies are. And I went to get because, like, Google has its own bus, and like, it was finally stopped taking the train into work. You know, and so I'm like, gonna get on the Google bus, and I'm waiting for it, looking around, trying to understand like how the how that whole you know, um, how that whole process works. And I get on the bus that goes to Apple. <laughs> And I'm like, wait, what is this? Oh and, God, and, and, the, really? and the guy's like, yeah, he's like shaking me down for my Apple ID. And I'm like, I don't have that. And he's like, he's like, this is the Apple bus. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> um, but eventually, <laughs> yeah. <That's great. laughs> eventually I uh, got my way to Google. And, and um, you know, because I was so used to startups and stuff and everything is like, like so quick in the startup world. When I got to Google, I was, I was, um, it was tough because they were like, they're like, hey, well, before we expect anything big of you, you need to like learn how this place works because it's actually a lot more complicated than you're used to. Um, not speaking down at me, but like, that's just kind of like how it is. And they're, and they're like, well, we estimate you need about six months to ramp up. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, I'm ready to do some like hot stuff today. But like, it's, it's true. Like I needed that time to kind of like understand. And like, again, I'm still like growing and understanding how, how, things work and again like that the trite phrase is like at scale but like but literally and i think actually it's interesting with the working at home situation during the pandemic has really helped me understand this kind of thing because um the organization is much more transparent when everybody is dialing in and we're all on the same kind of like playing field you dial in and like you know maybe the director is in the same uh you know uh, call as you are, but you're all just a little window with, you know, with the same rules of raise your hand to speak kind of things. And instead of yeah. like everybody just like in physical space, there's a lot more hierarchy that happens. And so like, I think the virtual working spaces like really flatten out like authorities in a lot of weird ways, like, like, like kind of like sometimes uncomfortable ways, but like ultimately I think productive ways. And so um, like instead of like having to go run to somebody's desk and like ask them a question, it'll, your question will be like in a doc where everybody can see it. So it's a lot more democratic or a lot more like accessible and visible to like all everybody who needs to know that information. So I think like the working from home situation is kind of like changed that, that whole, the whole struggle that I have really with, cause I have, you know, going back a huge problem with authority and that's always been like a problem of mine. And um looking into like this flattening of of kind of like 
you know, authoritative presence via virtual world has really helped me to understand how things kind of work, you know, and what I, what I should be doing in order to leverage that. So it was that that was like all coded language. Am I being clear enough? <laughs> no, I think you are. I'm sure Vincent got okay. stuff. Give you an opportunity, Vincent, to jump in. To jump in. Sorry, I just completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> you put him on the spot. Um, yeah. Sorry, what were we talking about? I just completely brain farted here. <laughs> okay, the, man, we'll the, get back to you. It's the camera on you suddenly. You're like, oh, I don't yeah, know. What to I do. know, I know. Everything is like, oh God, what I talk about now? Like, I've I just figured you, you, you needed an opportunity there to jump in. But you know what we could talk about next? Since we were talking about music, why don't we talk about little music boxes? I, I'd love yeah. to know yeah. the origin story. You know what was the um, what was the Phil Collins? What was the genesis that got you there? Like, Phil Collins. Where, where did why did you think of this? And um, tell us a little bit about it, and maybe we could um, actually look at some of these uh, interfaces, etc. Yeah, um, gosh, yeah, yeah. So the genesis of it, pardon, was um, I, I was actually doing dishes one night. I was watching YouTube on my iPad, and and like an autoplay next video came up. And I can still remember the video. I go back and I watch it every now and then. I showed it to my son maybe a month ago and he was like, this is amazing. And it was like, it was just these two hands playing and it, he had four Volcas, kind of like these these instruments right here. That one actually specifically is my first one. Let me go grab it. The sample, yeah. Yeah, oh, wow. I, have some of the, I have some of these too. You have quite a recording studio there. Yeah, maybe yeah. describe this too for our audio listeners. What is this machine? Oh yeah, okay, so I'm holding a, a little you know, box in my hand, a little music box, um, and it's about the size of a VHS tape, if you're familiar with that, if I'm not talking to people that are, that are too young to know what that is, but it's like you can hold it in your hand, you can probably even fit it in your pocket or throw it in a backpack, but, it, but it's also, um, it's a sampler, a sampler player, and it has a sequencer on it, and a few other things like you know, audio controls, that you would find on on a music instrument like this and and i use it to generate hip-hop beats and other types of um, music and uh and it really is like it's this really cool little machine i got it for like 150 bucks or whatever and they're intended to be these entry-level single purpose little machines and i have a few others like this one's a bass you know like it's a bass synthesizer modeled after the famous 303 um from roland this one is is designed you can even see the design details in it like the white and the gray and the red and everything it looks like an mpc and it really does kind of work like a like a an mpc which is like the famous you know hip-hop sampler that everybody from you know uh kanye to dr dre was using during the the 90s and 2000s now everything's on the computer and such but but like hardware instruments like this is so much fun you know um and then like you know you get this what's it called like gear yeah uh, yeah what's what is it acquisition, gear acquisition. yeah yeah gear train <laughs> where you just acquire yeah. more and more gear yeah. over time it really gear. is yeah you're like oh you know what else would be cool and then you buy another unit and stuff like that and so like my yeah my gear collection has grown over the years and i think this is kind of like the worst or the most modular? egregious yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> the the most egregious expression of gas is probably modular synthesis. Like so that behind me, ugh, this mirrored. Okay. So each one of these like little squares, like that's a square, that's one, that's one. They're in this box, that case, and the case is powered, but um that and that's all the, the case does. And so for each of these, 
you know, units to speak to each other, you have to patch it with those cables that are hanging out of it. Again, I'm getting my left and right mixed up here. <laughs> um, but each of those cables helps the, the one module speak to another. So an audio coming out would need to go into a filter maybe, or, or then into like an effects, like a reverb or something. And so there's a different module for each one of those things. And, and it's really cool because like every time you patch it up, it's basically a new instrument. Um, like it can do something totally different and the way that you approach it and play it is, is completely different. But that adds to like the complexity is that you never really learn it. You know, you never really like know <laughs> what's going on because it's always different. But, but then again, it's like, it's like coding or like a math problem that you solve every time you approach it. So it, it's more of like, just like a really interesting hobby. And, and I've gotten into like building them myself. Like I have a soldering iron and I get the kits and like I, I build modules myself and, and it's, it's fun. Um, and then there's the, yeah, left. Gosh, this is so confusing. Yeah, okay. 404. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably my, the, yeah. you have a 404? All right, awesome. Yeah, I, I have the MK2 coming actually this Wednesday, finally. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's like, a, like another level, that one there. Yeah, um, the OP1 too. It's nice. Yeah, got it. Jeez, again, I raised my right <laughs> the hand. Other hand. <laughs> OP1. This, yeah. this, Let, uh, a real quick question about these and I, i'm sure this this might be something that some people are thinking about why um and i, I expect you to have the perfect answer for this travis so hi yeah <laughs> why yeah. why would someone want to collect these pieces of hardware rather than doing all this virtually in some kind of software like logic pro is it more like the kind of idea of like, I like the feel of a book, so I'm gonna collect a book rather than put them all on a Kindle. Is is that it? Like what's what's the yeah. thought of this? Yeah, I think there, um, you could say some of that and like you could romanticize it and be like, oh man, you know, like turning a knob is so much better than clicking a mouse button. I don't know. But like, I, I think ultimately it's like, yeah, it's like the aesthetic of a musical expression and how you want to approach music, you know, like, like, like the, um, like backing up, like if you're at a concert and you see somebody playing a guitar, you may not even know how to play guitar, but you kind of like see them doing work, you see them creating input, and you hear the output and you connect them and you're saying like, okay, something is happening there. And it's similar with this stuff, like there is, you may not know how the sampler works or how these synthesizers are kind of like connecting or talking. And it's actually really difficult to describe one of these, even though like I make videos that are like, okay, this thing is talking to this thing. And it's kind of fun to nerd out on that gear. But ultimately the idea of like putting like, like the expression of work, the aesthetic of, of turning a knob and hearing a filter sweep or like or hitting a button and hearing like a, you know, an effect or, or a new voice a new kind of like signal sound come through um, it is really, really gratifying in a lot of ways. Now, I think that you can make better music, more specific music and like actually create songs, we call them <laughs> um, easier with software, like software is so advanced these days. And there was a time where hardware was, you know, um, better, like sounded better, but like, you know, they, they have these uh, like modeled instruments now and, and they're so complex and so detailed that like like anything that you do on a laptop will most likely sound better than anything that I can give you.
but um but the expression like the way you approach the machine in order to get the sound is in itself a little bit of the art form and it's completely gratifying when you can create a drop you know like the music cuts out there's like only this happening and then boom everything comes back all at once extremely gratifying when you can do that on a physical machine although it's like 10 times harder because you can't just program each idea and then press play and listen to it again and then could, and then could you, you say could you say it's like akin to playing like a, a like a, any kind of instrument but a digital instrument like the way you know, for example, Vincent's going to pick up his guitar and play for us later on. But like, is it just like if I Vincent picks up his guitar, is it the same thing for you? Like if you uh, say you perform, you would, you know, it's, it's not about making the music uh, per se, but it, it, which which it is. But it's it's also about having that um, having that play and being able to make it and like you're, you're actually painting with a paintbrush and you're getting a, a different way to express yourself and create art and also to, to play the instrument. Is, is that yeah, I, I'd say it's very similar, you know, like kind of like if you practice and practice and get that one song on guitar, it feels so gratifying that you like you did it, you accomplished it, you put in the work. It's similar with any of these, right? Like it, it takes time and effort to make anything sound good and kind of sound like a coherent piece of, uh, you know, an idea of music and like actually performing and executing in like a in a really uh in, in like an effective manner is hard to do and 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 you have that accomplishment feeling as well like like sometimes i'll go back and look at my old videos and be like oh wow he did that like it, it's kind of like i'm i can learn because each of the things that i do like each of the videos that i make i have to take time and program the instrument for that song and it's not like i can sit down and play a song for you right now because i haven't like practiced a song and, and thought it out and and programmed all the details into the, each pad or each button or knob um and so like like even so like each time i make a recording it's like a one-time thing i could never play it again in a live set you know unless i had to i could you know somehow go recreate all those like um the situations that the song was whereas a guitar you can like pick up kind of any guitar and play freebird you know so i think there's a little bit of a different um kind of like a, a you know like an ephemeral ness to this this kind of stuff that I'm doing and and maybe that's just me that's maybe that's just the way I approach it um but I'm I don't know like I, I think that like it, it kind of is like a little game each time and when you master the game I erase everything that's on the sampler and I move on you know you were going to show weird. us a video of, of uh, some of the stuff, right? Like, yeah. Do you want to see? Do you want to see what it's like? Um, so I put a, a comment in one of the docs. Do you have that video? Do you want to play it? Oh yeah. Let me see if I could play it. And um, I'm, while I'm looking this up, I know Vincent has a question for you. Okay. What's up, Vincent? Sorry. I was just watching your little music boxes on YouTube. Um, so yeah. I've actually been meaning to produce music as well, just as like a side hobby, as a side gig. And mm -hmm. I've been looking into getting into like a mini keyboard, like a 12 keyboard where I can just like, you know, go on like Ableton or any other music production DAW. And um, that way you just, like you said, you just have a better mapping and better feel for like, okay, this is where your kick is coming in. Here's where your, mm -hmm. your I don't know what the other terms are, but like there's different types of beats to kind of produce like a chill hop song or to kind of produce like a dubstep song, depending on like what you're going for. Totally. Um, but, uh, but I was kind of curious, like um, 
you said with like the synthesizer, you can like create different sounds, right? That are mm -hmm. kind of unique and you experiment with, um, I don't know, different different settings. Cause I don't know enough about synthesizers or, or, or at least like producing sounds digitally through a device. Um, how does that compare to like a DAW where you're like, you can do it on like a software versus just like a hardware device? Yeah. Um, a, uh, sorry, I was looking at this comment here in the chat. Okay. So uh, in a DAW, like a, a digital audio workstation is kind of like mm -hmm. everything you need. It'll map out the timing and, and the tempo and like, it'll kind of like, it's kind of like a, a timeline of the music experience. Whereas mm -hmm. like a hardware, you're playing it in real time. You know, maybe you can have like a sequencer or a looper that will help you like sustain your performance over time mm -hmm. and like add in new elements. Um, but all of the features that you can find in hardware, like in terms of sound design, you know, like shaping the sound, what does it sound like? You can most likely find in, in the DAW and probably easier, you know, in the DAW. Um, one that people, like if I was going to look at all of the stuff that I do is DAW less. So it's like all hardware. I record straight into a little hard, uh, you know, device that records. I don't record into the computer at all. Mm -hmm. But if I was going to, I would probably look into Ableton Live. That one seems to be, you know, um, very, very performative and um, like it's kind of like the modern, you know, preferred workflow, uh, Ableton Live. Do you record like your own sound bites? You know, have you ever been to like a um, or ever heard of like a fol folio studio where like they produce mm -hmm. sound for like special effects for movies? Like, for instance, like if they want to simulate like a bone cracking for instance they'll yeah. just take they'll take a piece of celery and just go like <laughs> right and yeah supposedly that sounds just like the special effects that you hear in movies um, yeah you do something like that as well do you take the creativity where you try to create new sounds or at least like experiment with um sounds via recording on a um on like an xhr mic and then um use that and run it through whatever yeah totally yeah, one of the fun uh, one of the fun things is is sound design, right? So that you know, the world is full of sound, and you can take your microphone around and and collect all sort of things. Um, I think in the in the video that I posted in the chat here that we might watch, um, it starts off with me with creating a sound on guitar and then recording into the four hundred four through a guitar pedal, and then using that as a texture. Yeah, here we are. So this pedal right here. Um, See how just putting it right onto the pad and then I'm remixing that song or that, that tone of the guitar into a beat through the sampler and then adding the, the fingers along the bottom are creating the, the drum beats. Wow, okay. Keep your mind on your mask, kid. Horror form a classic, it's drastic. Shout out to MF Doom. This is uh, the late, great MF Doom. This is his voice on it. So what's the process of going and creating something such as this? Like, where, where do you where do you start off with your inspiration? Um, where do I start off? It depends on, you know, like the, 
what we're doing at that time. Like for example, this one, I was messing around with that guitar pedal and I had made this other video just plucking around and changing the pedal. The, the pedal was this little granular sampler kind of thing called Mood. And um, I was messing around with it and it was creating these amazing tones. And so I decided to load them in as different pads at different spaces, you know, like, um, like I would put, a, put a, a tone here and then move down the timeline and put that on this pad. And there's one of them where I reversed it. And so it has more of a, like a rushing sound, like a whoosh kind of sound to like, and then, you know, and then I mess with those. I, I kind of like learn how, to, if I can make like a, a little rhythm or a little melody using these tones in sequence and learn like what are good sequences. Like first this pad for a one, one beat and then this pad for two beats and then this one will kind of like finish the phrase and then put a drum, you know, drum uh, pattern under it. Um, I kind of like to have single drum hits that I can play and then also have a drum loop that's automatic that I can throw to if I get like my head gets a little too like overwhelmed. I'm like, oh, throw it to the loop that'll keep us going and then I can focus on the melody and then like cut everything else out and then bring in like my drum uh, fingering. Cause it's, I think, cause again, like going back to that guitar metaphor, like when you see somebody strumming a guitar, you know, they're doing work. And so I think it's like more performative to like be tapping out a beat in front of people or in front of the camera. Um, but at the same time, like maybe that's not, maybe that's taking up too many cycles in your mind and it's not going to free you up to do another interesting thing. And so a lot of the time it's like juggling concepts in real time. Like, do I have the, the amount of fingers I need to like add an effect or a filter sweep or like a stutter as well as like sustain the melody and the drum beat? If not, then can I pre-record or, and the 404 has this really great feature called resampling where I can, where I can uh, kind of like record to a pad and then do a performance that records to a pad and then later on I can play that pad and then my performance is like going and so I use that quite a lot resampling is fun and then you can like make like do effects to the resample as well so like a delay like you can hit like if you want to do a drum roll you maybe on all you have is a sample of a like a snare but you can like put a delay on it and then like send that to another pad. So you have two pads, one is a single hit and one is a delayed, you know? So, so there's a lot, a lot of kind of like nerdy fun kind of things that you do. And, and a lot of it is just time exploring and time on, on the machine, you know? Makes so lots. That's probably an easy example for people to get. Reggie Watts is, is such a cool guy. He, he, um, a lot of what he does is like vocal, um, sampling and looping. And and then he'll he'll add effects onto that. Well, he's so he's so fun. I saw him live um, in San Francisco at the Exploratorium. It was it was called Afterglow. <laughs> so cool. So awesome, yeah. He's amazing. I know uh, Vincent has another thing for you. Oh, um, I have a quick question. Um, do you apply music theory into like the? the songs that you make, like the chill hop songs or the lo-fi hip hop songs? Cause I know that's kind of like an important base to figure out like what the rhythm is, what the track is going to sound like. Um, yeah. I mean, music theory, uh, 
that's a big term and it kind of covers a lot but like essentially like if you understand the basics of like how to keep a song in key that's going to help you out quite a lot so the first thing to know is like are your samples in key and what key are they in because i'm i'm probably going to add another layer onto it and so i want to make sure that if i'm playing along on a synth or something that i'm playing in the right key so something like that is, is kind of um, kind of basics and and it's not like you have to have like a doctorate or, or go to you know go to Yale and learn music theory it's just like it's just like oh I think the sample is in F sharp minor but I don't really know that key and like so like okay I'll just google what are the notes in F sharp minor and then I'll just make sure I only play those ones it's kind of like that simple um, and then the other parts of music theory are just like yeah like uh building building a song building layers understanding like the the sound spectrum are these like you know high tones mids lows and how do i clear up space for those things to breathe and kind of and you get better as you go but and like sometimes like even like not even paying attention to that makes a great you know moment <laughs> yeah no, that's interesting i just I was just really curious on the topic, so I looked it up like a month ago, where it was like a crash course on music theory. I think I don't yeah. know which YouTube creator was that, but um, it kind of goes through like, hey, here's the mappings on a piano, and then you know you can have your songs in in like the C key or songs in like the G key, and you can also like swap it. Like you can also mm -hmm. shift songs from one key to another. Um, when I started when I started learning how to play the guitar, like my vocal range isn't really that high so like a lot of times i'll just default to the g chord for a lot of like or the g key for a lot of the the different chords instead of mm -hmm. like if the song is like already in c i have to go to g instead because it doesn't match my voice because i have a deeper voice um right, so right. i don't know um if you like when you when you think about a song do you think about what key you're going to start in or is it just more of like i'm just going to stick with this like one specific note or specific beat or specific instrument and then see where it goes is that yeah um sometimes i'll start with like am i finding a good sample that i like and then finding out what key that's already in and then base that on you know base everything else around that but sometimes i'll be like i know that i don't want to do the key of c because it just sounds kind of like you know common um because c is like you know like like it's the simple one. It's basically on a keyboard, it's all the white keys, you know? Like I want to add some like some black keys in there. And so I, I like I like I if I am deciding key first what I want to do, I'll go into something a little bit more funky, like key of B sharp or something like that to keep me on my toes. But honestly, like if you know the key that you're in, just taking some time to think about what are the things that can build around that, it becomes pretty it becomes pretty evident to what you should do next once you kind of already know what key you're in. And so whether that's deciding the key up hand or uh, up front or like finding a good sample and being like, oh, cool, it's in, you know, it's in G or whatever. Um, yeah, that's that's how I kind of do it. I'd, I'd add too, since it's all, I mean, most of the stuff is digital or at least like hardware digital. So it you can be in the wrong key. <laughs> and easily adjust it later um yeah I, i'd say just dive in and explore if it's a okay. yeah totally i i've been meaning to buy a keyboard and i was like okay i'm gonna buy it used because i know a lot of people have a bunch of keyboards laying around yeah and um i never got around to buying it from the person i was trying to buy it from so. get, get an old porter sound i have a 480 that i love i highly recommend getting the, some of the old yamahas they're great 
I was looking yeah. into the AKG minis, the AKG mini, like the oh, okay. yeah, yeah, like yeah, keyboard. Got it. Yeah. I would say that learning. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. We we going. Your audio is all messed up a little bit, Frederick. <clears throat> I was just gonna say that yeah, learning how to play the piano or the keyboard really like leveled up my understanding of music theory quite a bit really fast. So I, I think if anybody wants to like learn music, I would say learn on a keyboard. Yeah, that makes sense because the keyboard is like the closest mapping to music theory. Mm -hmm. uh, do you it's ever think about like major and minor chords? Like minor chords tend to sound like depressive and like mm -hmm. major chords tend to sound like more upbeat. And do you mm -hmm. like think about that in the song creation where it's like, okay, I want this part to be like higher beat and then like this part to be lower beat. I mean, like some songs like, like it's usually a lot of songs like work off a 32 count where it's like 32 counts is like this set of beats. And then the next 32 counts is like this. And then it kind of like fluctuates back and forth. Um, I also dance as well. So it's like, I just noticed a lot of these like little nuances with music. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Cause I'm always like trying to follow the beat and it's like, oh, okay. This is when, this is like when the octave or this is when the eight, eight, count is done and this is when the new set of whatever starts um do you think about that when you're creating music like there's different segments of your music tr soundtrack where it's like distinctly different parts of the song that kind of tell a story or totally absolutely um you know music has parts you have the chorus and verse and bridge and all that but then like the 16 bars is famous in hip-hop you know like if you're going to do a verse 16 bars is like the kind of like the standard um, and then two of those is 32, you know, so like everything breaks down to an eight um, or four beats to it or four notes to a beat, you know, it, it's all math. Um, and uh, yeah, that's definitely a part of it. Counting everything out. That's how you know where you're at. And dropping that swing and those drunken beats. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we're getting close to the end here. So we're going to switch over to lightning. Uh, Okay, Frederick scared me a little there. Um, and I have some new 2022 questions too. And the first one, I'll, so what it is, Trav, uh, is that we'll each ask your question in sequence um, and uh, you answer it and we move on to the next one. Uh, my first one's going to be uh, a little ridiculous, but um, okay. so you're expecting a, a really important phone call from a friend or family member. For some mm -hmm. reason, you're eating like maybe Cheetos or wings and your hands are like covered with, with it and your phone rings. Do you mm -hmm. just answer it and not care, or do you do you wipe your hands first? Oh, I, I answer it with with yucky hands, but I like try to do like my finger swipe on the keyboard and like hold it like with my palms like this kind of. <laughs> that, I'm that guy. Right That's a great question, <laughs> Frederick. Uh, Cutting really to the heart of the matter. I like that question. Sorry, Frederick. <laughs> what? Who's your musical hero? Um, gee whiz, I guess. Um, my musical hero would be this guy named Rocky Vadolato. He's a like a folk musician. I feel like he's been playing the soundtrack of my life, my entire life. I've seen him in um, in concert like maybe six times, and uh, he like I kind of know him now. Like every time I see him, he's like, hey, he's like, oh hey, I remember you. In fact, I I built his website as one of my very first websites back when I was a teenager for his his other like rock band called Waxwing. I built their website when I was when I was a teen and um, yeah, he's, 
he is a uh, it's amazing the last show that i went to was was called a liver, living room show so it was just me and like 30 other people in somebody's living room in california and then he him just standing in front of us playing his guitar it was like it was like incredibly intimate incredibly beautiful he he the way he like I, I feel like he's like the narrator of my life and a lot of his music comes through it just makes it just like breaks me in half every time i hear him sing yeah Vince, you got a lightning round question? Oh, I have a question as well. Um, if you had to pick one superpower, would it be teleportation or flying? Jew is, uh, how fast can I fly? I, th I think maybe flying. Um, mm -hmm. Because the, I would say like the, the utility of teleportation is kind of high, but the experience, <laughs> right. right? Like the experience yes. of, of <laughs> flying would be better. So... I would love to soar above the clouds and just kind of like hang out with some burbs. It'd be great. Yeah, it's all about the experience and the journey, at least in my I mind, think... it's the destination. Yeah. So what's something that you collect that would surprise people uh, in your inner circle that maybe don't know? Co collect. Um, yeah, I, I think I kind of talk a lot about the music. So I do collect a lot of these things, I suppose. Um, hmm. I think that would be probably be my answer, but a lot of people know that. Shoot, <laughs> maybe T-shirt. Are you looking around trying to find something? <laughs> yeah, I'm like Even I'm very aired. on display. Yeah, uh, I collect. I, I collect good vibes. How about that? All right, that works. That's an acceptable <laughs> answer. He collects. He collects soundtracks and, uh, and music <laughs> ideas. <laughs> Travis, what is uh, your favorite thing about yourself? But sincerely. Um, my favorite thing about it, I think I'm a good hang. Uh, probably, you know, that's, that's like, I, I like to get, um, I like to get there with people, you know, like um, I mentioned, like you, you, like in my intro, I said, like, I'm the friend that calls you out of the blue. And I think that's something that I've been doing the past few years, just like going into my phone book and, and being like, I have a few minutes, like, who can I give that to, you know, and uh, reconnecting with with people that I've enjoyed from my past. So I think that, like, I like that about myself, that I can, um, I can get on people's level and, and share moments with them. And I enjoy it. I enjoy people. Your turn, Vincent. <laughs> Oh, 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 I didn't realize, like, I didn't realize, like, if the camera's on me, it's like, I have to say something. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Like, I, I noticed, like, um, I just, just, like, some context. Like, I, I used to, like, remember watching your videos back in the day with, like, how do I do CSS floats? Like, yeah, you have to put it in a stacking order. You have to do it like this. And that's when, like, it's sort of all cemented in my mind when I watch that video. And I still refer back to that video every time I get stuck on floats, which I never oh, cool. do anymore. But, um. I, it's kind of interesting to like when I was like going through like the documents of kind of like our show notes beforehand, kind of like your perspectives on life. And now that, you know, you've matured in your career and you're kind of like at where you are in life, at least my understanding of it, like at least like what your thought processes are and like what your aspirations are and like what your kind of goals are in terms of, you know, what things you like to do, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like I align with a lot of those things as well. Now that like my career is also kind of more stabilized and, like mm -hmm. i also reach out to friends that i haven't talked to in a long time i a lot what i do a lot of times is actually try out new hobbies 
So mm. my my friends, it's funny. I was actually at a party yesterday, and my friend called me the protagonist of Tampa because <laughs> <laughs> I live in Tampa, Florida, but I also run like a Tampa like software group that I created myself, and it grew to like a bunch of like 350 active people over a few months. But um, congratulations, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, so it's like I feel like you know there's always like some creative pursuit to to take on or some creative like hobby to take on and i just actually came from aerial i just came from an aerial gym right before this like i was doing silks like oh wow i'm like those um yeah so i just i just find it interesting to see like where your passions are like you know now that you're kind of, you're kind of like set where you are in life right um and it's kind of interesting to see like what what other people are doing kind of with their yeah. career I, I just found it interesting yeah yeah cool thanks <laughs> sorry i just i just want to throw that out there <laughs> um i'm curious what was the last movie that you watched that true or show for that matter that truly made you laugh like it hurt <laughs> like I, you were crying some, laughing <laughs> yeah the 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 one that um made me laugh is is this new show on netflix called murderville and it's a it's Will Arnett, the you know the guy with the voice, and rah, rah, rah. and uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he, he's it, he, it's all improv, and he's a cop, and he's trying to solve murders. And each each episode, he has a new guest, and um, Wait, I was just actually improv for real, like it's an improv show. Yes, yeah, they they're just reacting to the situations that the show producer has set up or whatever, and. Um, and then at the, at the end, the guest has to like, you know, solve the mystery, but like Will and like, I guess there's like a vague outline, you know, like improv, but they, they kind of, all the lines are, are, are ad hoc. Um, it, it's quite good. And it, I mean, there's, it's, 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 uh, 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 but there's one episode that just made me dying laughing. And then, and then and the, the line that made me laugh was so hard. He was, he was like, he was like, um, we're all alive. Uh, no, something about death and he's like yeah that's the last part <laughs> i got uh, and it just like it was such a good line I, I don't i'm not doing it justice but the the episode is with um kun kumil nanjanani um they they have a really great rapport and uh and i i'd recommend that episode if you don't want to watch the whole series but yeah probably that murderville check it out oh kumil and it's a, a, oh sorry Good. It's an easy watch, you know. You don't like like I I picked it because so that I could like cook and like not even watch it or just listen and kind of you know like one of those distractible shows. And it's like that. It's consumable and easy to watch, but it made me laugh so many times. I think that's going to be my pick. Love it, Travis. If you couldn't be around technology for the rest of your life, starting now, what would you do that would bring you the most joy? That would bring you the most feeling of reward professionally um i you know i would try hard labor for a while <laughs> i would uh huh specifically what what when you say hard labor what what kind of job yeah like uh probably like do some like landscaping or digging ditches kind of for a while and then maybe um work try to open a a, a shop like maybe like a you know, a surfboard rental store or something like that. Just like something a little bit more chill and communicative, maybe a restaurant. I've enjoyed 
during the pandemic, really leaning into cooking. And um, I, I think that I, it's kind of funny, like sometimes I, I give my kids these meals that are like just gorgeously laid out on plates, you know, and, and, and they're just like, oh yeah, it's just Thursday. And I'm like, you guys don't know, you don't know what it's like. Like you have like, this is restaurant quality food and you're just eating it on a Thursday afternoon. <laughs> so like, Maybe eventually, like after like the transition period of no technology, getting my hands, you know, welty and stuff like that, I'd probably go into like some kind of like food based commerce, maybe like I, I enjoy cooking uh, vegetarian meals. Love it. Yeah, I yeah, don't like I, touching meat. I actually used to work in the restaurant industry and used to cool. design restaurants for a living in case everyone needed yeah. to put our advice. But yeah, Thanks, I love cooking as well. I love cooking as well, just like experimenting with new recipes. I don't ever follow like a recipe verbatim. Like I always like mm. modify and like, oh look, I want to add like peppercorns in this in this mix to kind of like give it a different flavor profile. Like I was making um egg frittata for the first time, like mm. a few weeks back, and it's like never done it before. I made salmon for the first time last week. It's just how did the frittata turn out? It turned out pretty good. Like I just like um I uh, I took some Chinese sausage that I cut up and I put some onions, stir fried it. And after that, I took 12 eggs, a three quarter cup of ricotta cheese, three quarter cup of Parmesan cheese and threw it in a mix and basket and whisked it and then kind of like threw it on top of the skillet. Let it sit there for a minute and then threw it in the oven at 450 for 20 minutes. And okay. it came out really, really good. Um, it's just like the right amount of salt content and just add some add some pepper in there as well. And and it it i don't know it's it's so much better than scrambled eggs honestly <laughs> yeah. um the, the texture is just so much nicer so yeah totally well we're right about at the end here unless uh brian Can I do one or, more did, did, yeah go ahead yeah, yeah, one, one, one more yeah okay uh i want to it's actually perfect is what we're talking about what's a weird food combination uh that at least what most people would consider weird that is uniquely and personally you um, I, you know, I've, I've learned this from my wife. It's kind of like a fun thing that we do, but we just like, I try to make an interesting meal based on like whatever we like weird things are left over in the, in the, you know, refrigerator at the end of the week, like before we go shopping, you know, like the last ditch effort to make a meal. And <laughs> yeah. some, and sometimes you come out with some really, really interesting things, you know? Um, yet the other day I just had, uh, some peppers and mushrooms and then like this old rice that was in the refrigerator. You know, so I put that in the in the frying pan as well. So it was like twice, like fr basically fried rice, and then put that in uh in kind of like you know heated some tortillas, put that in there, and it was like this warm, delicious taco. Um, you know, lots of hot sauce. I love hot sauce, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't say like this is the recipe that unique uniquely, <laughs> yeah. you know, describes me. If I would, I would say like if you were coming to visit me, I'd probably make you like a beet poke or something like that. Um. But oh, uh, but like this meal was so good. It was like warm and just what I needed on that day. Okay, I'll oh, be yeah, over next weekend. Yeah, I love beets. <laughs> I love beets. Put them in a sandwich. Plus, so uh, good. Hawaii, so yeah. 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 <laughs> well, hey, we're we're right at the end. I got two questions left for you, Travis. One being, how can people find out more about you? What's the what's the website, Twitter, wherever uh, little music boxes? Where do you want people to go? Yeah, I think youtube.com slash little music boxes is kind of like where I'm most active. I, I have like uh, the other things I have the Twitter and the Instagram, but like I don't have any posts up. I, I kind of like 
you know, disappeared from the internet intentionally for a while and um, have not really not really had much of an of an incentive to come back. <laughs> so I think like just making music and sharing that and then showing up on these random like, you know, like invitations to podcasts and stuff is kind of like how you'd, you'd say hello to me. Um, yeah. And if you want to email me, it's my name at Gmail. All right, great. We'll put links to all that in the show notes. And the last part of our show here. Some words of wisdom. So uh, the stage is yours, Travis. Can you leave us with some parting words of wisdom? Parting words of wisdom. Jeez. Um, no pressure. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of pressure, actually. Um, Make you sure I it's think... really meaningful and deep, okay? <laughs> sure. Yeah, don't, don't mess this up, buddy. I would think that, like, what I would try to to share with you or share with somebody important to me, I, I share this with my kids, is that, like, learning who they are, learning who you are is like an important aspect of enjoying yourself and enjoying your life. There's so many other kind of influences that want to tell us who to be or what to do. And um, kind of learning to cancel out that noise and experimenting with things. Vincent, you're a great example of trying new things a lot. That's the way you find out what you want to be. And you craft meaning, the meaning of your life, through your actions and through your behaviors and the the interest that you you yourself create nobody can give you meaning of life and uh so yeah so like my word of wisdom is like the meaning of life is something that you make not something that you're given or find i love that that's great travis man thank you so much for being on the show sharing your time with us this has been um this has been great really appreciate it anybody else? thanks for having me yeah, yeah. Well, I echo Frederick's sentiments. Uh, time is our most valuable theme, thing, and you shared it with us. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. Thanks this so was, much. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, uh, this was just like this was just a great talk. Like it was very interesting to see. Like I don't know. I don't know how to describe it in words. It just it was a great. It was a great. <laughs> cool. I'm glad it went well. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks everybody for watching. Appreciate it. And make sure you subscribe to the show. Um, Thunder Nerds, Haya, slash subscribe. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everybody. Take care. See ya.